Hello, welcome to PQ, the one and only Pokemon Cube podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Martin, and brought to you with co-host, Connor Lavelle. So we have a very, very special episode here today, because it's actually the first time we've actually live-streamed a podcast episode. So if you're here joining us on Twitch, hello, welcome, glad to have you. But if you're listening to this on YouTube and Spotify, expect a pretty normal podcast. But we have a very special one. We're actually joined with special guests, master graphic designer, coming all the way from Brazil, Davi de Sosa. Davi, how are you doing? Hello, hello. It's not every day that you get to appear on the podcast that you listen to, so I'm very, very excited to be here today. We're glad to have you, and I'm sure if you, anyone here has listened to us on YouTube, uh, any of the uh, P3 series uh, that we've done before, Davi has been on the commentary many times. Um, Davi's also done a lot of the graphics, a lot of the graphics you're going to hear see today. Uh, Davi has made, also, uh, you made the Kogo logo too, right? Yep, sure did. So... If you're wondering where all that that spice comes from, uh, it all comes from Adavi. So glad to have you. Uh, you're a huge help. So glad to have you here. Um, today, though, we are going to be talking about the uh, basically a retrospective on the Cube League season. So it's been a really fun one. Uh, it's been really cool to follow the Cube League as the podcast has grown over the uh, as I guess it's been about eight months now. Um, so and if you've listened to the podcast before, you're probably familiar with the Cube League coming up uh, each episode as you know Connor and I talk about our how we're doing and uh, what we're seeing. So it, it's a fun thing for us to follow and also in a huge part of the competitive cube environment. So a uh, competitive cube doesn't really exist outside of the cube league. I mean, I'm sure maybe there are uh, competitive groups that play, but it's really hard to put on like a 30 person tournament. So uh, as far as like, you know, cube enthusiasts and people that follow uh, the cube and how it evolves, you know, this is a really important piece of information. So uh, that we like to see it, it really just show us a lot of, uh, you know, how cubes really develop over a really short period of time. Um, and we've run several cubes throughout the Discord uh, with the, like, a lot of people playing in these. So we have maybe like 30 people, I think, per cube. Like, Connor, you can correct me on that. But um, the the uh, it's something that I think is really cool. We actually, if you aren't aware, we have Champions Cube coming up this weekend. So that's like our world championships of cube. So we thought this would be a fun uh, way to interact with not only our listeners, but also showcase a lot of the really outstanding decks people have made over the year over the year it's been like eight months but <laughs> you know what i'm trying to say um so we're gonna be looking through that we're gonna be looking back at each cube that's been ran talk about the cube talk about what we liked and really interesting stuff that's going on there because each cube that's selected for these leagues also is really well balanced and um has really interesting stuff to it that makes it uh sort of eye-catching that's really how they get picked for these things so really cool to showcase those as well as the decks that are winning that have won those leagues so it'll be a fun retrospective can't wait to show you guys but first um let's get into some announcements i already said it but the big event the big dance champions cube is coming up this weekend starting at 9 a.m you can catch the stream though at 11 30 a.m with the draft so make sure to tune in uh if you can't play or if you're going to your pre-release make sure to watch us on twitch you can catch all the action as well as some vods will be up on the youtube channel as well we'll have the draft as well as some of the games probably the top eight but we'll see um outside of that connor any other news that we want to share i think champions cube is the big one right now we've uh we've really been putting a lot of work into it we've hit some hurdles this time but everything is back on track and uh just really excited to show that off right and if you're listening to this and you are not subscribed to our youtube channel we are two subs away so if you're watching this you're not subbed you can do us a favor but uh we're so close to that uh but moving forward, um, 
let's go right into our cracker pack. So this time, the other two don't know what the cracker pack is. Usually it's the other way around. So um, let's get right into it. So this cracker pack comes from Delta EV, the cube for Champs Cube. Um, I'll go through I'll go through card by card. I'll basically be playing the role of Connor in this cube in this cracker pack. <laughs> Um, to start out, we have Energy Removal 2, basically Crushing Hammer. Uh, Professor Juniper, you know, discard your hand, draw seven, just like Professor's Research. Um, POW Hand Extension, which is a lot like Counter Catcher, uh, except it has an added bonus effect where you could you could choose to do uh, to move an energy from the active to the bench. Uh, we have Stormfront Save Ally with Overeager. It basically allows you to go first if you start in the active. Uh, we have an Anorith. I don't remember what set it's from, with Fast Evolution. We have a Pupitar with Heart Shell Evolution. We have Alolan Vulpix with Beacon. Uh, Skyla, the common trainer, gets your trainer card. Eric's Hospitality, which is not quite Steven's advice, but allows you to uh, do the same effect, except you have to have four cards in hand. And then we also have uh, Water Psychic uh, Holland's Energy. So, Davi, I'm going to let you go first. Since you're our guest here, I look at this pack. Uh, what is catching your eye here? What do you think you would be taking for your first pick? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I look at this pack, I'm looking at the Juniper, the Sableye, and the Alolan Vulpix. There are some other strong cards here, the Pawn, the Skyla, and the Erika is also pretty good, but not as high priority as those other cards. Uh, and then it's a, a question of what do you really want to play on any deck? Alolan Vulpix is one of the best setup attackers, like, ever, probably. Uh, attacking for free is so strong, and it doesn't use resources from your deck or from your hand, it just gets you Pokemon. And if your opponent doesn't, like, take your hand away, doesn't hand attack you, um, you're good, you're golden, right? Um, this Sableye is also pretty good, it has the same thing, uh, lets you attack for free, use a supporter from your deck. Uh, it's not as good, because you have to, like, waste a supporter, right? Uh, sometimes you want to waste a supporter, like, a Bridget, turn one with Impersonate, is so, so, so strong. Uh, and the Juniper is just a Juniper, right? There's no way this card doesn't get into your deck. Um, I'm probably gonna think a lot about this, um, but I'm either between Juniper and Alolan Vulpix. We've seen this Vulpix, like, win so many games. Chimerax, the, the winner of the first Champions Cube, said that he won many of these games, just sticking Vulpix to the active, getting his setup while his opponent didn't get the same speed. And then he won. He well, he won everything. So I'll maybe go with what he told me and go with the Vulpix. But I wouldn't look at you funny if you go for this Juniper. Yeah, I'm I'm very much in agreement. I was having the same sort of dilemma when I first looked at this pack because you're right. They have such good. There's so much benefit to both cards. The Juniper allows you to stay consistent, and the discard effect allows you for outstanding deck fanning. It's a very aggressive card. Um, the Sableye also, like you were saying, for sure, lets you, you know, get a basic sound. If you get, like, a Bridget, it combos so well with different supporters like that. Something like even, like, a Steven's Advice also can be really good. Um, or Steven's Resolve, sorry, excuse me, letting you get three cards in your hand. Um, but I'm with you. I, I'm also leaning towards the Vulpix. I, I've had uh, decks that shouldn't have come together get carried by this one card, just because Beacon is such a strong setup uh, attack. Granted, you are vulnerable to things like Judge, Marnie, especially Marnie, and of the sorts, but uh, the, the the fact that it's a free attack, and I think that's very important on setup Pokemon because you can uh, commit an energy to an attacker. Uh, it allows you to keep tempo better. Um, I, I think it's just an outstanding starting Pokemon, but I, I, I definitely can understand the Juniper as well. Juniper is also very good. And Connor, I, I would love to hear what you think of this pack. What would you be taking here? This pack is kind of a killer. I mean, it is so difficult. Um... So you guys have already covered the highlights pretty well. The three cards that I'm looking at here are Juniper, Sableye, and Vulpix. Um, 
I am a little bit higher on Sableye, I think, than you guys are, just because Impersonate not only can be a very powerful setup attack, but it can also be a very powerful disruptive one if your start is really strong. Otherwise, you can go into something like a Cyrus' Initiative, a Judge, a Marnie, really start your opponent off with a very difficult game. Um, so, in general, I like Sableye a lot. Um, Alolan Vulpix is incredibly powerful, of course. It is a very, very good setup-based uh, support Pokemon. So if you're playing a Stage 2 deck, especially if you're playing a deck with multiple Stage 2s, um, something like Ampharos, Sceptile, decks that want to have several Stage 2s and play at once, Pix is amazing. And Juniper, of course, best supporter in the pack, one of the best supporters ever made, and uh, a card that I'm never upset to have. So given that this is pick one sableye is very appealing to me because that unlocks all these crazy powerful plays like cyrus's initiative um any disruptive supporter can be amazing with sableye and sableye is going to be better in like an ev deck something that's more tempo oriented than vulpix is where i'm not really going to get value out of a vulpix in an evolution deck because i don't need that much search but with sableye either I can patch up my start with Impersonate, uh, you know, maybe get a Collector or something to that effect. Or if my start is already pretty good and I want just a powerful turn one play, then I can Impersonate for Disruption. Whereas with Vulpix, I don't have that disruptive angle. So it's a really hard call for me. Um, I think in the lead up to Champions Cube, I have a couple of setup based decks that I would be pretty inclined to play. So I, I'm very on the fence, but I think I would go for the Vulpix, but I would say in general that Sableye is a better pack one pick. I think that's actually, you bring up something very interesting there, and that, that is like the direction a draft could go just based on some things you take here. So that's something I didn't quite think about. You know, I, I, I kind of want to talk about that. The uh, the Impersonate Sableye, you're right, definitely does combo into stuff like, like Sirenist, who's a great example. Um, so, I mean, how do, you, how do you value this pack then if like maybe the Vulpix is like... Uh, maybe like a Cleffa or something. So do you think maybe like the setup part of Vulpix makes it more appealing than like just like the general consistency that like a Cleffa would offer? Yeah, I, I would definitely take Sableye over Vulpix or over uh, Cleffa. Um, Cleffa is nice, but it's very likely to be knocked out immediately. Vulpix has a little bit more health on it. So a lot of the time it takes a hit in the early game. Not always. Uh, you could eat like an evolutionary fire from a Flareon and be knocked out right away. I'm sure there are several ways to knock out a Vulpix on turn two, but it's a lot less common than 30 damage. Uh, 30 damage, pretty easy to pull off. Sableye would definitely jump up there. One thing that I really like about Vulpix is that it's extremely resilient to disruption. And I know that's kind of funny to kind of funny to say because it puts the Pokemon in your hand and they can get shuffled away. But Vulpix, your hand gets shuffled away. Vulpix isn't knocked out. You just search for him again. No big deal. Sableye, if you don't have that same supporter effect again, then it's going to be difficult to pull off the same effect. So if you go for a collector, hand gets shuffled away, don't have another collector, you're, you're out of luck. Um, but on a Cleffa, Cleffa is just so much more vulnerable to so many things. Cleffa is not really resilient to disruption in the same way that Vulpix is. Vulpix, you're getting exactly what you want back. Cleffa, you're just kind of rolling the dice. Um, I also don't value Cleffa as highly as these two because Cleffa's effect is a lot more general, whereas Vulpix and Sableye, you're finding exactly what you want. Uh, this cube has a lot of draw in the Pokemon line. 
So uh, Ascension can often get you out of a dead hand, um, even if you don't have any supporters or anything. Uh, and that's that's basically all Cleffa does, is get you out of a dead hand. Um, so Vulpix can do that and more most of the time in this cube. Um, so the the advantages, I would say, of Vulpix over Cleffa are pretty significant, and it would definitely be the least of the setup Pokemon in here. Uh, if it, I, w I would even take the Juniper over a Cleffa. You know what? Well said. As always, Connor, you've given us something to think about walking away from this pack. So uh, if you have any thoughts on this pack, listening to this, maybe on YouTube or Spotify, definitely let us know. And YouTube, you can let us know in the comments. Spotify, I don't really know what you do. Maybe you like, send us an email. But um, that said, and if you're if you're watching this live, please let us know in chat what you're thinking. Uh, maybe maybe you change your mind, listen to what uh, maybe some of the stuff Connor said, or maybe you have some thoughts on Sableye itself. Uh, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear that, but I think I think that's going to do that for this segment here. Uh, stick around. When we come back, we're going to be going through all through the uh, the Cube League cubes and talking about what cubes have been ran, all the best decks, a huge retrospective. So it'll be very cool. Stick around. We'll be right back. Looking at this, we are talking all about the Cube League and as a whole this past season. So we ran, I think, four cubes in total. Um... Uh, it it, it kind of all flew by. Cube League started in January, I think mid-January, if I'm not wrong. Is that right? Mid-January? You yeah. are correct. Okay. Yeah. It, it feels like a decade ago. But uh, all the way up till now, and this has been a really fun series. For me personally, this has been, I think, the first time I've been able to follow the Cube League all the way through. Uh, as I kind of came back to the Discord in January. And it's been really interesting to see the, the storylines that have developed um, we saw even, uh, quite a few players really emerge out of the cube discord as you know as time has gone on uh, we've seen a lot of improvements a lot of honestly busted decks that come out of this and a lot of really cool cubes so uh and, and the, the reason most that uh, this is really important to talk about is that I, I think cube league as a whole plays a big part in the information sharing of cube uh we don't there's not really an event or a a a way to really judge or compete really rather in in a cube environment competitively i know that sounds a bit redundant but um but cube league offers a way to bring like 30 players into one draft which normally you can't feasibly do i guess if you had just a really big cube you could do that but you know this takes multiple ver multiple versions of the same cube you know we have like a pod of like if we had like 18 people, we could have like three pods of six players drafting the same cube and allows a cube meta to really thrive. So I think from like an analytical standpoint and also uh, as, as information sharing goes, I think I think cube leaks in a very important event, very important process that happens that really I think grows the amount of knowledge share we have on cube. I don't know, guys, do you have any uh, opinions on that? I definitely uh, agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, nope. you, you go first. Uh, no, I was going to say that you once, Connor, made... I don't know if it was in the podcast or like on a normal conversation. You talked about how one Cube League was like a, a few months or even a year of just normal testing, right? Because we play so many games on so many different rounds and pods and it's unfeasible to think about this on a normal Cube. Like me running my Cube for my friends on once a month or once every two months while here it's like 30 games a week or something like that if we're counting um individual games so this is like the biggest stress test 
that any cube can go for. And we have some cubes that have been played like multiple times through um, either Champions Cube and Cube League or Cube League and uh, Team Showdown. So some of these cubes are like really, really, really well tested. Yeah, I, I was actually going to bring up exactly that. Um, I I did the math before. I don't have the numbers on hand right away. Uh, I'm sure I can produce them again if Andrew stalls for time. But uh, <laughs> in general, um, a regular cube, If so if we count one side as an individual game, because I think that there is value to breaking games into what each side does, because each deck is a totally different deck in the same cube. Um, so you're getting information about that deck, how well it performs, how well the archetype performs, what it needs, things like that, um, in, in a way that you really wouldn't get in standard. You know, you're not going to gain some huge revelation about how Ice Rider Calyrex functions based on one game. In cube, that can be a different case. You can absolutely do that. So in an average eight-man cube run, if every single person plays every single one of their rounds, which is not that common. <laughs> I, I know probably everyone who's run cubes in real life and run a three-round cube um, has had many people drop, and I think that's just the natural experience of the event. Um, but assuming everybody plays, you have 24 sides, so 24 individual games that you have tests for. In Cube League, you have 30 in one round. And then you have five rounds, and then you have a top eight. So what that ultimately amounts to is months and months of testing. And, and this is assuming you run your cube every week. Um, you have the equivalent of months and months of testing in one single Cube League. And of course, you have the advantage of having highly experienced cube players playing your cube, whereas maybe your local group would take a while to discover something that was very broken. And I will say there, there's a lot of fun to that discovery process, and you should not deprive that of your local group. Um, but it, it has a lot of value if you're trying to get to the most balanced place you possibly can. And um, in Cube League, you just get this huge array of people, you get this huge array of drafts, uh, all happening at once and uh, you really have a huge competition between the different archetypes as well because to the time in cube league at least every archetype is going to be drafted once often multiple times and then it will ultimately come to a winner so you can see what stands above the rest how well it does that um, if that player just drafted excellently and built a deck that was really great with that archetype or if maybe there were some archetypes that needed to be adjusted. And I don't think I've ever seen a cube run for Cube League that didn't need to be adjusted in some way afterward. Um, Solar Cards cube did not have many changes after Cube League, I know, but that's a very rare case. And I would say that almost always uh, the Cube League finds whatever balance issues exist in your cube <laughs> and, and makes them apparent. Yeah, I think that's one of the craziest things about Cube League is that it is the ultimate stress test on your cube. Uh, and it's like I, I, very hard to replicate, as you just said. So I, I, it's an event I'm really happy uh, is continuing past the, the pandemic. I think an event that will continue past the pandemic because, like I said earlier, it's, it's a really hard event to – it's really hard to get 30 people in the same room drafting the same cube, you know? 
So uh, I, I'm always really happy to see what the results are from these cube leagues. And hopefully as we're going through these, you guys can also see the uh, the, the growth of, of a lot of these uh, cube decks that we've seen and like a lot of the uh, the brokenness of, of the cubes come out really. And, and that's a good thing. You see like some of the best defined decks come out in these leagues. So hopefully that's, that's showcased here as we go through them. Without further ado, we're actually going to go in reverse order. So we're going to start with the most recent cube and then work our way back. So the first cube we have here is not only the one and only Best Pal Al's Coin Flip Cube. So for those that aren't familiar with this cube, it is all based on coin flips, which might sound kind of annoying if you think of cards like Crushing Hammer. But in the sense that uh, coin flips make the game very unfun and unfair at times, uh, the coin flips actually are now in your control. So the, the huge thing with this cube is that all the coin flips are decided by the player whose turn it is. So you look at something like uh, Crobat here with uh, Carry Off or even Double Cross. Double Cross allows you to flip two coins, do 40 damage for each. Um, that actually is just 80 damage if you want. Or if you wanted them both to be tails, you get the confusion and poison. So that's a lot of how this cube plays. It, it allows you to manipulate coin flips in whatever is the most advantageous way. And it adds a lot of depth to uh, the gameplay. No surprises there. It gives you a lot of options. But my favorite thing about this cube is that it allows you to visit cards that are generally just bad. Uh, like this Crobat here um, from uh, Skyridge is pretty bad and i don't think you would play it in a lot of decks because of its coin flips reliance um but in this cube it's quite good it has uh, a solid three for 80 uh, and a really solid ability allowing you to basically look at your opponent's hand and shuffle back in pokemon um and you wouldn't get that experience in most other cubes so the added factor of coin flips are now in your control really changes the dynamics of this cube um so fellas feel free to sound off whatever uh, thoughts you have on this cube i'd love to hear it i'll start with davi Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I really like this cube. It's one of the most fun cubes I've played, and I really like this aspect of cube. For me, I really like the competitive aspect, but more than that, I really Night Teleporter is a card that I read and I said, oh, I'm going to put it in my cube. And then I played it once and I was like, oh, it's out forever. It's never going back. It's terrible. But in this cube, that card is amazing. You can just trade your hand for like your Juniper or your Oak or whatever else you need. Uh, I don't know, Porygon's in this cube, right? So you, yeah, you trade your hand for a backup. I think I played that on my, my, my deck. So this cube is just crazy on that front of like, maybe you have a group of very experienced players. They have played a lot of formats, but then you come up with this and they're like, what does this card do i've never seen this and like oh no this is bad oh wait coin flips are heads oh no this is great and everyone had this moment on this cube i really like it and uh, like so many things the rockets minefield um moving your damage counters not moving but that creating damage counters for the unknown deck is really fun also not the unknown deck specifically but that interaction i think it's it's really cool and like everything else, the Arcanine from um, one of the E sets, I think it's Skyridge, uh, Energy Recharge, kind of a uh, Poco Power uh, on like a normal cube, but here is it guarantees you a three energy, so it gets three for seventy with no energy on it. Like that, it's just solid. So it's really fun to have a, a cube like this. I have so many good memories with this cube of uh, uh, either testing it because we tested this a lot. And just playing on the league, uh, me and Zach Crackler had like a really, really cool um, three-game set. I was playing Sharpedo, he was playing Warring. That was like an experience that I wouldn't have on 
uh, a normal cube just because of the the nature of uh, the craziness of this cube. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about the um, reading a card and then having to like do a double take because Fortress was something that I remember drafting for the first time and not really considering the coin flip effects. Um, and usually when I see an e-reader card, I'm like conditioned to believe it's bad <laughs> in most cases. But in this case, I saw a scatter bomb and I'm like, wow, this card's terrible. But wait, they're both heads. So I'm doing 40 plus 20 spread. That seems really good. Um, and I love how that one aspect of just changing the coin flip mechanic completely alters your uh, perception of each card. And I've even found myself going into other drafts thinking that like, oh, we all take this Pokeball. And like, wait, nope, this is not a uh, coin flip cube. So uh, not a good pick. Um, but in this in this cube, Pokeball is great because it's just search out any Pokemon. Um, Connor, what are your thoughts on um, on uh, coin flip cube? I know we talked about this a lot going into you know, the league. Um, and then we did a podcast episode on it. But any any thoughts now? Anything changed over the, the course of the league for you? This is definitely the most unique cube I've ever played. Definitely. Um, the, it, it feels completely different. The tempo is completely different. It's just a wholly different experience. Um, and and that's incredible, I will say. Um, you know, having played Cube for years and years now, um, having played many, many Cubes through the Discord, um, playing Cubes that, you know, were built by people all over the world, this is the most unique one. Because you see so many cards and so many effects that you never see otherwise. And that's already been talked about. I'm not going to focus too much on that. But I will also say that has created a really unique environment where this is, I've been calling this a low high power cube and in the same uh, respect or a high low power cube in the same respect that you'd say mid high or mid low, um, where this cube is Low power by all numbers, uh, you know, 90 HP stage twos, attacks that deal 30, 40, 50 damage on line toppers, but it is ripping fast. Decks have to set up extremely quickly. Decks have to execute their game plan very quickly. Decks just have to go off. They, they have to do something. Um, really starting on turn two or three, and you don't have a lot of time to uh, to get to that. And... It's just such an interesting experience um, because you're playing with all these cards that by in, in any other cube would be terrible. And there are plenty of cards that would be good in other cubes in this cube. But um, specifically here, there are just cards, you know, like the Fortress that Andrew mentioned, the entire unknown setup. Um, it's just uh, It's just incredible. The whole thing is incredible. I had a great time with this cube. Um, I think it is still unexplored in the sense that, you know, Al could make any number of changes and the cube could be drastically altered um, just because of that. So um, also a lot of changes happened because of the cube league, you know, as always. But uh, very excited to see where this cube goes. Definitely we'll keep an eye on it. I strongly recommend everybody who has the ability to play it at least once. Um, because it, it's a totally different experience from everything you may have played before if you haven't tried it. And um, yeah, just great job to best pal Al for putting it together. Yeah, it's certainly the most unique cube I, I, I definitely have ever experienced. So it's 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 it's, not a, it's like a breath of, breath of fresh air. It's like um, not that anything wrong. You know, you see you know, people like I mean, my cube generally is kind of 
boring in Cincinnati doesn't have any exciting rules. But then you you run into cubes like this, like this coin flip cube, and it's like it's like a whole new game because like everything has different value now that the coin flips are in effect. So, um, really cool. Really happy we we were able to run this. Um, speaking of the unknowns, I would like to transition over at the winning list from this uh this cube league, and that is JL's unknown box. And we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit, and especially in like a previous live stream where. This deck did not make any sense to to myself, at least. And I had to have, uh, I think Connor explained it to me that what this deck was actually trying to do. Um, but it's a really sick deck. Uh, it's got tons of, like, donking potential, as well as, like, it has, I think Jail's list has game plans after that. Connor, can you can you just explain this list to the, to the listeners and the viewers that might not understand what they're looking at here? I have extensive knowledge of this list because I had the pleasure of losing to it. Um... <laughs> I use the word pleasure lightly because, you know, losing. But <laughs> it, it really just does feel completely out of your hands. The goal of the deck, especially this build, is to start off with a Rocket's Minefield Gym. And JL has uh, two reserve tickets, a Scott, a computer search to find that card. Uh, and, and a Night Teleporter, but I would be surprised if Night Teleporter ever hit that card. But lots lots of ways. Even though it's a one-off stadium, stadiums are not normally that searchable. This deck has the outs. Um, start off with a Minefield Gym. Bench a bunch of Unknown. Deal a bunch of damage to the Unknown. Then you use Unknown Z with zero. And you use the Hidden Power Attack that moves all of your... Or moves as many damage counters as you want from your Pokemon onto your opponent's active Pokemon. So immediately... You take a knockout with Rocket's Minefield Gym and Unknown Zero because nothing in this cube has that much health. A lot of the time that results in a donk, which is why this deck is called Unknown Donk, uh, because it can do it so incredibly reliably. Between Unknown C, searching your deck for any unknown, so many unknowns with shuffle that can interchange each other. Pretty much all the attacking unknowns have shuffle, except for uh, Unknown Zero itself. Um... Double Iris can pull through into the late game, give JL some staying power that Unknown normally struggles with. I would say the two cards that really make the deck flow are Unknown B, which has Bounce, shuffles your Unknown back into the deck once per turn, incredibly powerful with something like Unknown J, really anything uh, in tandem with Rocket's Minefield, Jim, you know, you can, um, you can bounce your bounces and then play your bounces back down and bounce two more unknowns so you can really realistically get uh, 80 damage and play every single turn with rocket's minefield gym um but even without that you have other attacks that can that can set up your board that can deal damage so um your attackers are the hidden power unknown that essentially has pichu zap um deals damage to pokemon with powers and bodies you have the unknown that has vengeance a hidden power with um, yeah, Unknown V with uh, Hidden Power that deals uh, 10 plus 10 for each damage or for each Pokemon in your discard that can get up to 80 damage. It is hard capped, uh, but that's pretty much enough with Iris or even just in general in this cube. That's a lot of damage. Um, and then you also have the Hidden Power that deals more damage for every card in your opponent's hand, which can also be very relevant, especially when it comes to Donks. It's very hard to play your hand down very low if you haven't gotten a turn yet. So. Lots of things glue this deck together. And another big one, so I said Unknown B already. Unknown Y is the other piece that really keeps it together. 
Uh, on a coin flip, which of course doesn't matter in this cube, you can search your deck for a psychic energy and attach it to any of your unknown in play. So this deck has more or less unlimited acceleration. You are never going to miss an attack because you are low on energy, and that is what keeps it ticking all the way through the game and uh, and pushes through to the end. Yeah, this was this was just a deck that just caught me by surprise. Um, no idea that this was like a, like a, the combo deck that it turned into, but we saw multiple people play it. It was, I mean, it was. Um, I I know right. I ran the numbers at one point. I mean, it was one. It was in in line with a lot of the other mostly played decks. I think it was at like thirteen percent meta share, which is honestly for a deck this complicated, <laughs> pretty good when you say. I think yeah, there are five five unknown decks total, which is amazing because there are like four pods. Yeah. So there's yeah. one pod that had two unknown decks, and people willing to play unknown, which is even more impressive to me. Yeah, the play rate on this deck was just insanely high, and it did win the league in the end. So clearly, those people were on the right track. But only JL was able to make it through the top eight. JL mm -hmm. did not lose a game, a set, right? He was uncontested throughout the tournament. <laughs> that is correct. JL did not lose a single best of three. I knew he, I knew he went in six zero to top eight, so I guess that would mean he was undefeated, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can't yep. take any losses I took, there. Um, I know people took games off of him. Yeah. I did a game, I thought. Maybe not. Um, but I, I know at least a couple of the spread decks took games off of him, but I know in match play he was undefeated. Which is very impressive. Uh, in, in, in a cube league setting, that is, that is very difficult. Um, and this deck is actually critically missing one card, which is uh, an unknown that gives your unknowns bench barrier. Uh... Um, some of the spread decks were some of the best uh, decks in the event. Both in top four and in the finals. Yeah, I think he hit both of them, right? He hit, um, did he hit Sednelia and then card CQ? I think so. Yeah, back to yeah, back. that's right. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah, he definitely hit Sednelia in top four. And then uh, card CQ was playing a very similar deck in finals. And I didn't just watch the finals, but I heard they were really close. Um, but that said, uh, any other decks from this cube that you guys want to revisit before we move on? I don't know if Connor has one. I do have one. Maybe it's the same one that he has, which is the most... I guess the unknown deck is the most surprising to me. But Tumas's Forest of Small Plants deck is just... When I saw that deck, I was like, haha, that's funny. And then it started winning. And I was like, oh no, this is very good. <laughs> um, it's so funny that he played just Cherim. Which is like the secondary line for both fire and grass, which is your Charon just buff your other Pokemon and heal your other Pokemon and take weakness off your other Pokemon. But what if they do that for themselves? Then you have a no energy attacker that does 20 or 30 or 40 um, and heals 20 from anyone. And this is, as Connor said, low power, high power. Uh, that's pretty good with no energy. And you have more HP with the Flat. You have Celebi Prime, which was the kind of missing piece, not the missing piece, the, the most important piece for this deck in the beginning. Uh, the plan was to Celebi Prime and Time Circle and try to lock the game away. But then Tumas discovered that Charon is just good. Random pack and um, Seed Bomb and Solar being like, those attacks are, eh, they're fine, right? But in this deck, they're really good. So that was really funny for me to see. Uh, some other stuff like the Shaman, 
uh, not a un unleashed, I think. Yeah, unleashed shaman. But the other one, the black star promo. I have never seen this card. This card is nuts in this cube because you have more HP. You have healing on the attack. You have healing on your other Pokemon on poke powers on attacks. You have acceleration. So like this card's attacking every turn if you want to. Uh, the the shaman here is a really cool card. It has it was not realized uh, that it was in this cube as well. And the extra heal twenty and the extra damage. The the sixty heal twenty on a basics really strong. Um, I, I thought this deck was just super cool, super under the radar. Not one I would have pieced together myself, uh, admittedly. And shoot, shout out to Tumas. It, it's a shame that someone here knocked him out of a uh, of a top eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Um, <laughs> yeah, really? Connor's fire Pokemon are just too strong for this those small plants. Yeah, the fire is definitely something. I mean, it has the other guy, but the, the Arcanine deck's very fast. Um, Connor, do you have any other thoughts on this deck or any other decks you want to look at before we move on? So, Connor is not here right now. I oh. think his internet died. <laughs> okay, so if he rejoins us, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from him. But I think we're going to go ahead and chug right along here, going into our next queue. So, something we don't often get to see in, uh, in a cube league setting is Mutant. So, if you aren't familiar with Mutant, it is a change in evolution rules where, where like, a Trico would evolve into a Grovile. Um, it changes it. So the Trico can actually can evolve into any grass stage one. So the Trico could evolve into an Ivysaur or a, a Cherum. Um, and that really adds a lot of elements to a cube. Because usually when you're, from a builder's perspective, when you're looking at a cube, you're looking at what lines work together. So like, will the Venusaur line be on par with the Blastoise line and so on and so forth. Where in this type of environment, you are looking at the cards themselves. So specifically, like let's just say that Energy Trans Venusaur is on par with like Deluge Blastoise or something like that. For example, you're looking at the card quality from line to line. Uh, but it adds a lot of depth to a cube. And traditionally, um, mutant, mutant can kind of get unruly with the, uh, the amount of power it can have. Uh, and sometimes that's fun, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's less competitive is probably a better word for it. Um, but this cube itself, uh, this is JL and Mike's Delta Mutant Cube. So it has a lot of those Delta species elements to it, but also a lot of uh, low to mid power quality. So it, it had a very interesting take on Mutant. I'm going to pull it up on the screen here. We can take a look at it. You can tell it's got, you know, instead of the normal, like, lines you see here, it's just straight grass down the line, fire down the line, water down the line, so on and so forth. And we saw a lot of interesting decks come out of it. There's just a lot of really cool stuff you can pair. And, of course, the cubes evolved over time. And this is probably a more updated list than the one we even drafted. But you have a lot of really interesting parts. You look at the Delta Pokemon, like Delta Mewtwo, is a really interesting card. Not only that it has this great ability with Delta Switch, but it's also a fire and a metal type. So you can imagine how that would change the uh, the type of cards you're playing and the quality of it. Um, looking also, you have you have all of these setup mods. So you look at something like... Even like, mm, let's take um, Dun Dunsparce, not this one, the other one. Strike and Run, which traditionally I, un I I don't take as a setup on, but then you use an attack like Strike and Run to get three basics and you attach to it, but that can evolve into something like a Porygon or like a Delcaddy or even maybe something like this Dugong here or Eradicate, uh, which can even evolve into something like Salamence X. So uh, you can see how the lines in Mutant become really interesting, really versatile, and you can make a lot of unique decks here. Now, Davi, I'm going to pass it off to you. Do you have any um, 
any thoughts on this cube in general? Anything you want to share that you maybe thought was really fun or exciting about this? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be real frank here. Okay. Uh, when I, The first time I looked at this cube, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like Mutant. I've never played Mutant before. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to test it. Let's see. I'm going to play it anyway. So might as well play it before and get used to it. This cube is so fun. This is such a fun cube. Uh, you're playing with so many weird cards, something like Starmie Delta Species, which it's not on the cube anymore. It's just, uh, I think, oh no, it is. It's on the metal part. Metal Navigation. It's a card that I always looked at when I was like building cubes or just looking at old cards. And I was like, oh, this card's cool, but like, I can see any use for this, like Energy Jump, something like that. In this cube, this card is amazing. Turn two, you're accelerating. Maybe you're collecting if you're playing like a slower game. And turn three, you have like three, four energy in play. If you have an accelerator, God knows how many energy in play you have. <laughs> uh, some weird cards like that. I played like, um, I like playing lock decks. So I played a deck that goes turn one. I have a, I had a Caterpie that could evolve in the first turn. So I was like, okay, deal with this Mucky X. Good luck. And then if they dealt with it, uh, okay, deal with this Crobat Delta Species, locking our items in stadiums. And that was my plan. And it's just so fun. It's, it's weird. It's when you play this cube, you kind of get like a, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like a culture shock. Yeah. Where you're like, uh, th this shouldn't be like this, but whatever, this is fun, I don't mind. Kind of turns the cube experience on its head, you know, it's, it's, it's not what you'd expect from like a normal cube. Yeah, and the things I heard from mutant cubes where the power level was all over the place and unruly and crazy. This cube is so down to the ground and the low and mid power nature and even the delta species nature where like double type cards and like you can evolve some weird stuff like Gyarados delta species into a lightning or a metal or just stay with the Gyarados to use the, the, the body and just some weird cards you would never use in like any other settings. Uh, or not, I played uh, the same deck, the same grass deck I played, um, also had Ampharos and Executor, which is like a classic combo in a lot of, uh, of cubes. So <laughs> this cube has everything. If you want to play like the Delta Circle combo of old that everyone plays, it's there. You just draft it and go. And if you want to play like Caterpie, Muck, Crobat, good luck, you can also do that. So uh, it was like... On coin flip cube, I knew the experience would be cool and different. This one, I was like, oh, this may be weird. I wouldn't like it. I really liked it. It was super fun. Yeah, I had I had, I had a really fun experience testing this cube um, and also playing in the cube league. Uh, I, I really liked the diversity in deck building we saw. We saw a lot of different takes on different lines. Um, and I think it's just something you can just do in Mutant. Like, in Mutant, it's less about, like, okay, I have, like, a... a a Gyarados line where it's like no I have a really good Gyarados and I'm playing it in conjunction with these other cards so you can mix and match I feel like there's a lot of depth to it and especially from like a competitive standpoint um there's so much there's so much going on in the gameplay itself um granted I was, I was playing a control deck so my gameplay was probably a bit different than like <laughs> other other decks but um even watching other games uh you could tell that there was a bunch of lines of plays you could go for because when like every pokemon that evolves in your deck has utility it it changes your strategy and it gives every deck multiple options just inherently and i think that's one thing that this, this definitely does right is it offers each deck many options and 
you can play your evolving basics can have their own unique attacks that they use same with your stage ones and obviously your stage twos so you might have multiple wing conditions like you might have a bundle b that burrows that could deck someone out but that bundle b can evolve into let's say a backup porygon and now it's a drop pokemon so that's just like a, a slice of the uh complexity that this mutant cube offers so i, I was a huge fan uh, I do want to take the second now to talk about the uh, the winning deck here, and that is from Sir Vic. Uh, his aggro fighting lock deck, which you can see on the screen, has some pretty notable fighting cards. As you can see, it has Claydol, Medicham EX. Um, I'm sure many people are familiar with those two cards specifically, but it also has uh, this really unique uh, Kabutops, which Primal Shell, and Kabutops is often a card that I don't think gets a ton of love. Uh, granted, fossils can be kind of tough to play, in any cube setting but in mutant cube it's just like any other stage two and it's got this really really great power uh, body that allows you to item lock your opponent while it's in the active and then it also has chop up which is doing 70 and then 10 spread to the bench with pokemon damage counters on them so really solid unit of a card here in conjunction with stuff like metacham ex super strong card super oppressive um it allows you to basically to shut down your opponent. And in this version of the cube, uh, EXs can't, could evolve. They aren't, they can't evolve now, but in when, in the cube league, they could. So you can go into Metacham EX, uh, do Metacham EX things, shutting off your opponent's uh, Poke Power, Poke Bodies, and using like stuff like Pure Power or Sky Kick, being really oppressive. And then and then evolve that into something like a, key, a Kabutops or Kingdra EX or even an Armaldo. And I guess just talk about the Armaldo as well with Primal Veil, not allowing your opponents to play supporter cards. So to... Note back to the Kabutops, what Vic could essentially do is choose to lock their opponent either out of items or supporters and really just decide which one would be better for the gameplay itself. Now, the one card I definitely want to bring attention to that is one thing that makes his deck super, super aggressive and super scary is the Salonance with Dragon's Win, which I, I think kind of got undervalued a lot, but it ended up, I think, getting cut. Or is it still here? It's still here. Um, the, it's here, yeah. we, we recommended it be cut. But I the... Know. Okay. And Connor is back. Welcome back, Connor. <laughs> the Whoa. Dragon's Wind Salamence allows uh, allows you to bring a Pokemon from the bench to the active when Salamence is in the active. And why that is a big deal is it essentially let Vic slap a float stone or uh, on the Salamence, and then whenever um, someone would knock out something on Vic's active, he would just promote Salamence and be like, all right, now I'm going to bring something up from your active, like maybe your Claydol or your Delcaddy. Um and it gave him so much control of the game. Um, I, I definitely thought this deck was just a monster. Um, Connor, now that you're back, do you have any anything you'd like to share about Vic's deck? Any thoughts on it? Once again, I have uh, a lot of experience losing to this deck. <laughs> uh, just like with JLs, I lost to this deck in best of three play twice. I lost in Swiss and in the finals. Um, so I would say the most the most powerful thing this deck would do is it would go into Medicham early, and then as soon as you were about to knock out that Medicham, it would evolve and then briny the, the Pokemon it evolved into. And it would just create this extremely difficult game state where it was hard to get ahead because Medicham was shutting you down. And it was hard to make a lot of plays if they required more than a few cards because Vic would go into Kabutops or Armaldo depending on what the game state looked like and almost always those cards had a tremendous impact on the game. It was also very, very difficult to come back 
because of that Dragonwind Salamence, which I still maintain should be removed, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, that Dragonwind Salamence wasn't an aggressive card. It was a finisher, and Vic used it very well in that regard. I saw Vic close out many, many games with Dragonwind Salamence, games against me included. Just the ability to take four prizes reasonably and then take a prize or two either off of an EX or two separate Pokemon off of Dragonwind, there was no way to get around it because it just sat on the bench. It had a huge HP total. Um, there there was no counterplay. You just sat there and waited to get gusted. And um, it was very difficult to play against, very difficult to beat. Um, Vic did say that he thought the deck would not be very good without the Claydol. I could definitely agree with that. Um, I think he got a tremendous amount of value out of the card, and it is now not in the cube anymore. So I'd be interested to see how this deck would go moving forward. And uh, But uh, the, the experience of playing against it was definitely a demoralizing one. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I was lost to this as well. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it definitely was a all-encompassing dominant deck. So very, very good job to Vic. Vic's definitely been one of the players that has really come out to, you know, come out for blood in this season. Uh, he followed this up with a finals appearance in the previous league that we're going to get to. So, um, I mean, huge shout-outs to Vic. Um, any any other decks from Delta Mutant that anyone would like to look at? Mm, if Connor has one, I'll let him go first. I think I'm all good. Um, hmm... I like every deck here is super cool. I think Mike's Curse Stone deck was one that I I was kind of counting on doing well. I think I put a number one on the on the power rankings. Either that or or Odysseus's other Medichem X deck, which in my opinion is the strongest card in the cube. Um, yeah, I really like Mike's deck. Uh, it was like a double Curse Stone deck with. Uh, Double versus Seeker, I think he had a way to get the stadium back. I don't remember, actually. And, oh, yeah, it was Niff out Magnum. Um, so, like, he could get to a game state of, like, Curse Stone, good luck. Which is not as strong on, on high power, not high power, sorry, on Mutant, because you can evolve your stuff into cards that don't have vocal bars. But then you're locking your opponent out of things like um, maybe a Delcati or a, like you said, the Clado, which is very, very strong. It just kind of has these weird attackers, which are not very good if you, you're looking at, like, the Ludicolo Delta species. It's kind of an uh card, but when you're locking people and spreading and discarding cards from hand, it, it can get out of hand. I think, I don't know exactly what happened on Mike's um, games. I don't know if he, like, played a few rounds then dropped, or if he played everything and the deck didn't come together. But when I looked at this deck, I was like, huh, this is really cool. Maybe just because of my... Uh, playing style like this also has the crowbat muck good luck part and uh, maybe that's not as strong as I wished it was but when I look at this it's all, I, I see okay I, I want to play in this cube this is, looks super fun yeah I, I agree I thought this, this deck was um, threatening on paper but I, I ultimately, did, ultimately didn't think that it had the teeth to really get through in the end um it it seemed to struggle against a fair few strategies, you know, one shot decks, um, decks that didn't rely too heavily on EXs, decks that didn't rely too heavily on powers, and um, 
I think that was where Mike ultimately struggled, but uh, it, it was a really cool idea. And I think that a version of this deck could definitely be successful moving forward. Mm hmm. Agreed. I think, I think I would like to show off um, my deck list are loading here is actually Connor's deck from the league um, because I, he utilizes a card that I think often gets underplayed, and that's Salomon CX. I think Salomon CX is really good. That's the Dragon Lift uh, body lets you retreat any Pokemon that's on EX for free, um, which in general is just really solid, especially with his deck utilizing stuff like Blaziken and Swampert, like the mobility you get from just promoting whatever you want and not having to worry about Switch as much is just so good. And not to mention, that's just one part of it. Flame Jet allows you to uh, pressure anything on the bench, like a Claydol, or even just taking a, a Snipe knockout on something, so finishing up damage there. So you have that to deal with. And then also Bright Flame does 120, which is a lot of damage uh, for a lot of decks to deal with, especially if your Stage 2s don't have a lot of HP. So the Bright Flame is very threatening, and his deck was pretty much built around, you know, he, he could fire that attack multiple times, and that's, that can be a lot for a lot of, for decks to deal with. Um, he also has one of my favorite cards in the queue, which is Faba, which is kind of funny, because Faba on paper doesn't seem that great, but there's a lot of special energy use in the cube, and I think Faba is just insanely oppressive, especially if you can utilize them multiple times. But the Faba itself, can well-timed Faba can really uh, elevate your... It can really put you ahead in the game, so... Um, one of the unexpected cards... Um, and I thought the energy distribution here is honestly on, on par, too. I, I, we talked about this actually in the last episode with energy distributions, but I thought this deck did a really good job of uh, balancing its fire and water types. Um, yeah, I don't know. Busted deck, Connor. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was happy with this one. Coming out of the draft, well, coming out of the draft, I was pretty happy. Coming out of testing, I was very not confident. Right. <laughs> um, but um, then it pulled through for me in a lot of ways. But um, th this deck I'm actually really proud of because the draft went bad. Um, I did not see a lot of the cards that I wanted. I was struggling very much to find a line that was open. And this is kind of what came out of that. I took a couple of power cards, took the Firestarter Blaziken, I took the Watercall Swampert, and, and I took the Salamence, and I kind of built a deck around those. Um, and really... Salamence was my first and foremost game plan. Um, I would get into that as fast as possible every single game. Burrit was a huge unexpected MVP in this one. Being able to search my single double colorless energy with Scavenger Hunt meant that I could Scavenger Hunt the turn that I evolved it, um, and usually that would be for a fire energy and discard that off of Roast Reveal, or it could be for an energy to attach for turn. And then the next turn, right before I evolved it into Salamence, I could Scavenger Hunt again for the double colorless, and I could get a turn three Bright Flame really often. And that's just a ton of pressure to put on people very, very quickly. Um, it was just overall a great card. A, a lot of the pieces of the deck ended up working together very well. Things like the Mag Cargo and the Ninetales, the Milotic providing support, you know, Lapras evolving into other stuff. So um, I was able to piece together what wasn't an amazing consistency line into something really powerful with the support of the Pokemon going on. Um, had a few very useful tools and attackers. For Alligator EX was very good in some matchups. Uh, I would say Ludicolo was the attacker other than Salamence that I got the most value of across the event. So many matchups just featured an extremely clutch performance from the Ludicolo, being able to get um, single prize damage out onto EXs or even non-EXs for not too much commitment. It was uh, it was very nice. 
And I actually agree with Faba or with Andrew that Faba <laughs> was one of my favorite cards in the deck and in the event. It was just incredibly useful. I can't tell you how many times I played the Faba and then via Secret for the Faba as well. Uh, so powerful. So uh, I don't know. I, I was just very happy with this deck. A big slop to Charizard EX card was completely useless. And, um, <laughs> I told you. I did tell you this. <laughs> it was it was a testing motivated decision. Um, Charizard EX was a card that I put in after I tested against Mysterious Player and had fire Pokemon in play with lots of energy and nothing to do with it. And um, I thought, you know, Burn Down can get some clutch knockouts when nothing else can. And I, I understand the reasoning for putting it in there. I understand why I put it in there, but it was ultimately not useful to me at all. On the other hand, Crobat G was also a last minute tech that I really tried to find space for, and that did come in super clutch. So uh, props to Crobat G. But uh, overall, very happy with the deck. Um, I, I thought I had a solid chance against Vic just because I could play the resistance game very well, but uh, my deck did not want to cooperate, and his really came out swinging quickly in the finals. And uh, not able to respond to that so uh overall very very happy with the deck's performance and uh really really happy that i was able to build this after the draft went so wrong yeah i think that's something that um i mean it, it, it's a good skill to have is being able to salvage a a lackluster draft and i mean clearly you you got second so like uh regardless of how you know poor the draft went you were able to cobble together a, a good strategy and i think that's something that you know people listen to this you can you can definitely don't lose hope, you know, do do the, make the best out of what you got. So that, that's a, a good, a good deck with a good story, you know. Also be careful with results-based analysis because this, this one was like, oh no, this is going to be bad and it went good. But um, yeah, don't just go for like, oh, I'm going to draft this exact deck when you can like do a bit better on the draft part. On the game part, probably he played perfectly, so... Yeah, I don't know good. why I say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you play, play good enough. <laughs> good enough, sure. <laughs> well enough for a second. Um, anything, anything else on Delta Mutant before we move forward? Um, this cube made me buy a very beat up copy of Salamence EX from Deoxys because I thought the card was super cool, and now I want to play with it more. That's <laughs> it. Worth noting for sure. Um. <laughs> Yeah, let's chuck it on. So now we're gonna go back to uh to uh I guess was this March? Uh we fired uh the, March and uh, April, yeah, I March, think March April. So yeah, mm-hmm. Feels like forever ago. Um The times where Cube Koga did not exist. Yeah, we are we are actually reaching pre Cube Koga era, which uh <laughs> is kind of crazy. Um is this it? Uh, a lot of these cubes have changed over time, so I have to double check myself. Um, yeah, let me go try and just put that right back on the screen. Um, so we have this is Vince Gen Seven All Stars cube. We have a podcast episode talking all about this cube right before the league started. Um, it is a homage to the Gen Seven era, so it has a lot of notable cards that maybe you've seen or just notable like GX Pokemon. Um, it's more of a mid mid power base cube, despite it having GXs. So you see a lot of the influence when you see stuff like uh, Decidueye GX and Vicavolt GX, um, those kind of things. But you also have stuff like uh, Garbodor here is very popular during the Gen Seven TCG era, um, and just a lot of GXs and stuff. So um, it's more of a high, we classify it more as a high power cube because it has some big attacks, big HP. 
you know, some big damage, but it, it led to a lot of really cool decks coming out of it. Um, we saw a, a some really cool dark box decks. We saw Empoleon. We saw. Um, I mean, I think I think Wysonice had like the the epitome of Decidueye. <laughs> had all the Decidueyes come together. So some cool stuff here. Um, fellas, any any thoughts on Gen Seven Cube? Starting with Davi. Um, I think um, this may be one of my most played cubes together with Connor and maybe the other admins. We tested this for so long, for weeks and weeks and weeks. We tested this cube to get it ready for Cube League. We played like Vicavolt decks, Raichu decks. I played like four, three or four times, I think one week before <laughs> the league started. So... I was coming this, the, to this league like with a lot of knowledge about this cube, and uh, this is a really fun one. I think it's up there on my most favorites, um, high power cubes, uh, which is not something that I really like. I preferred the low power, but this one is the one I had a lot of fun, and it's just generally super cool. If you're, th some people think about Gen Seven and they go like, "Oh yeah, my Malamar deck. Yeah, it's there. Just draft Malamar. It's gonna be really hard, but if you really want to, you can force a Malamar. Or if you went to that League Cup with Metagross GX like I did and went like, oh, three drop, <laughs> go lunch early. You can do that here too <laughs> because with, with the old glory. <laughs> yep. Uh, some of the cards that were not played also pretty good in this, like um. The Vicavolt GX, um, which is not a great card by itself, like it has a big attack, discard energy, attach energy, spread. It, it, when you read the card, you're like, eh, this is not great. But then you read Charger Bug, the Charger Bug from, I think, Unbroken Bonds, that has battery. You can attach multiple energy per turn. So this Vicavolt is getting that four energy attached to them to, to themselves like really, really fast. And one of the, the first tests. I think Zach Crackler had just like the the unstoppable Vicavolt deck. We had to nerf it to the ground, <laughs> and it, it still ran well in the league. I don't remember if it got to any decent placements or it was like like middling or or something okay. But it's still really cool to play the deck. It's something that different from like the Metagrosses and the Malamars and the Lycanrocs. Something that wasn't played back then, but it's there. It, it's a card from Sun and Moon, and you should like take a look and and play it just like the blazikins mm -hmm. and the swamperts um some of the lines were changed from the cube league uh this used to have como as the dragon line which was like this really aggressive turn to rare candy to combo into like 160 i think it was the the damage cap either 160 or 180 and also uh the 180 yeah it's just two for 180 it's pretty good under the second turn and it has some had some crazy ways to evolve also uh, the dark box deck on this league, I thought that it would win everything. Just when I saw that decklist, it was bomb tar, not bomb tar, sorry, um, electrode with um, Guzzlord and the Weavile to move the energies. It was so fun to look at that decklist. Probably not fun to play against it. I thank God I didn't. Um, I don't know. This cube is like when you sometimes when I play high power, I don't have fun. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I, like I, I feel like I'm on a race, and sometimes I win, and sometimes I lose, and I don't have a lot of um, control over the race. But in this one, I, f I felt a lot of control over the games I played, at least. I know that some of the decks were stronger and some were weaker, and that the winning deck on the Cube League was not 
something that you think about when you think of high power GX cube. It was something else. Yeah, that I really so, like. Yeah, like going right into that, we had uh, we had the uh, the Empoleon deck from here uh, with the uh, the cargo. So it's like looted cargo, but instead of Lucolo, you have Empoleon. So using a lot of that uh, total command. Uh, and the finals of this actually are on the YouTube channel, so you can go and watch it. But it was a very strong deck, had a s extreme consistency, and it was just one of the most insane Stage 1 decks, or Stage uh, 1 prize decks uh, to come from it. Had some really good cards like Acerola, being able to heal a lot of the field. Uh, and Cynthia Caitlin also to reuse that. Stuff like Kikui, giving it the extra damage it needs to uh, reach for some of those bigger knockouts with a total command. Uh, as well as Choice Band as well. Not to mention the Shrine of Punishment, really good for setting up knockouts, so... Just a very good, coherent deck that we had here. Um, and honestly, one that was really good that got through uh, the tournament. It really, you know, decisive finals. It was up against the Blaziken deck. Um, and I think it just played the field really well. Guys, any thoughts on this before we move on? This was a very honest deck that did very unfair things. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, Connor, have you played Loot Cargo at all, like in 2005 or 2006 format? I have. I used to own the World's deck. I think I own about 50 out of the 60 cards still. I okay. don't know where the rest is. Uh, <laughs> I, this, this definitely felt like that. Uh, yep. Once again, experience losing to this one. Um, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I have experience losing to every single deck we're going to talk about today. <laughs> oh, no. What an honor. I, I lost to this deck twice as well. Uh, lost to this in Swiss and then lost to it in top eight. In this case, uh, I knew that my matchup was bad going in, whereas in the previous cases, I thought I had a shot at winning. Uh, I, I still think I had a shot, but it did not come together in those instances. Um, yeah, this, this deck was just amazing. I mean, it's so straightforward, and it really just does what it aims to do. But what it aims to do is so good that that's all it needs. Um Total Command dealing at least 100 damage, most likely going to be dealing 140 to 160 damage. So incredibly powerful with Countercatcher, especially hitting that Dedene, or the Countercatcher and the boss, you know, hitting Dedene, hitting Lele so consistently for double prize knockouts when this deck is very often only giving single prize knockouts at a time. Uh, attack Command being a very nice power, uh, having a very nice power and also having a very nice attack in terms of two shots. Um, recall on the last Empoleon hitting for snipe attacks on bench sitters, you know, things like mag cargo, things like setup basics. Uh, I know in my case, I was not actually able to get a one shot on an Empoleon because if I ever tried to set up double Lorantis, all he had to do was use recall and uh, snipe a single Lorantis, and my ability to one shot Empoleons was basically dead for the rest of the game. The angles of this deck were so deeply unfair, even though it is such a straightforward concept. And um, I think that it's been nerfed in some way since uh, since the cube was run, but... Um, and Polio does not exist anymore. <laughs> it's swampered. That is a pretty significant nerf, I would say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, really, really strong deck. Um, I think the only... I, I know Mysterious Player had an Empoleon in their deck, um, but I know the only dedicated Empoleon deck to make top eight, and maybe the only dedicated Empoleon in the event. Yeah, yeah, I think it wasn't it was... an archetype that people expected, right? At least I didn't. I played in one of my many runs to through this cube, and I thought it was fine. 
And then when I looked at it, the, the list, I was like, yeah, this looks fine. Looks okay. It's probably going to lose to like the dark box decks or, or something. And it didn't. It won against them. So uh, it was super underrated. Like that was JL just looking at the lines and going, this is good. And probably staying open and uh, getting the line that's underrated and super good. Yeah. I definitely expected Empoleon to be powerful going into the event. I, I guess the community didn't share that sentiment. I don't know. I didn't think it was that big a secret uh, that Empoleon was really good. But um, And then in, in power rankings, I, I either gave JL number one or number two. I think I gave him number two behind Blue Cheesecake because I think Blue Cheesecake's deck was still really, really good. But mm -hmm. um, I was not surprised in any way to see this deck win the event. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is, this is just about every single thing you would want in a deck like this. Yep, definitely. Um, I guess that just leaves one more cube remaining, and it is the Deltas EV Cube, the cube that's coming up this weekend for Champs Cube. Um, this is the very first one we ran for this league, um, and I I also have a lot of fun memories of this. This is like one of the first ones I played in returning to the Discord, um, and I I just had a ton of fun with it. It has a lot of varieties here. Uh, basically, the whole st stage one lines are just EVs. So you have Espeon, Flareon, the whole the whole nine are all here. You get to start out with uh, evolution with uh, with EVs in your draft. Um, so that's a really cool aspect to it. The other thing that's really cool is that this cube has custom cards. Let me see if I can find them on the screen. But basically, uh, it, it it takes advantage of sort of a mutant style, but not uh, in the broad sense. So you have stuff like let's take mutant drink for example, which is like an Evo Soda for a, a Delta Pokemon. So you can choose when you're non EX Delta Pokemon to play and search for a Delta Pokemon the next stage. So it lets you kind of pseudo mutant evolve from between deltas. Uh, you have stuff also like mutant candy, which is an aspect in this game, but it allows you to kind of just do a similar thing. Choose a Delta Pokemon and play, search deck for a uh, or yeah, search deck for a Delta Pokemon, evolution Pokemon, put it onto that one. And it has like certain uh, you know, restrictions with that. Um, and there's there's a lot of variants out there. You got mutant gene, which is kind of like a a tool car that allows you to do mutant evolution. So it's it's a way to sort of add a unique element to it, but it's a cute just really fun um gentlemen any any thoughts on it let's start with connor this time all right so uh this cube is a favorite of mine for sure um also spoiler alert have experience losing to the winner of this one so uh I'll have more <laughs> oh, <no. fun> <laughs> i'm noticing a trend <laughs> no, I'm but, um you know if i can't have the winning deck at least i'm losing to the winning deck fair but, enough uh, <laughs> the uh this uh, this cube is, is just so much fun. There's so many different ways you can go with it. The balance has reached a point that is really brilliant. Um, I even think the first time we ran it, the balance was really excellent, aside from just a couple of cards that have now all left the cube. So um, this is shaping up to be one of the few cubes where I think you could draft any line or archetype and win the cube, which I think is just such a rare occurrence and uh, one that I'm always really happy to see. So... Uh, super cool, and uh, just lots of lots of cool strategies going on. I don't know. It's very traditional in a lot of senses, where like you know it has a Sceptile, Typhlosion, uh, Ampharos, Gardevoir. All these are very common lines, but the Delta element and the Evolution element makes it such a fresh experience. And uh, it's a lot of the cards that are being played in it are commonly seen in other cubes, but the power level is su at such an interesting point that. Uh, they feel fresh, even though you've seen the cards played many times. So I really enjoy this cube. Super excited to be playing it for champs. And uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys say about it as well. So 
the fun, I mean, it's funny when you think about uh, the balance. And I think this cube is definitely so balanced. It has a lot. Uh, all the lines play really nice together. I definitely um, echo the same thoughts. Um, but what I'm about ready to show you may scare you. Here is oh, no. <laughs> the most broken deck Please I have not. ever seen. Best Palau's broken box. Uh, I mean, so many cards in this deck are not even in the cube anymore, such as the Fion, Whirlpool Suction, uh, SBNEX is no longer in the cube. This Vaporeon with uh, Muddy Water is no longer in the cube. I don't think Toxicroak G is also in the cube anymore. Emperor's with Damage Bind also out. Yeah, no, the Damage Bind. Vibrava, thank God. Vibrava with Energy Typhoon, which was one of the most busted cards we've ever seen. Not to mention, take notice, there are eight Poké Drawlers in this deck. <laughs> eight of yeah. them. This, key, uh, this deck, on its own, uh, contains ten removed cards. Yes. Ten. Ten. Um, four Poké Drawlers, because you can't play eight anymore. Ampharos Damage Bind, Espeon EX, uh, oh, uh, eleven, actually. Vaporeon with Money Water, Chain Evolution Eevee, Toxicroak G, Flygon Rising Rivals, and Vibrotha. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. All of those cards are now gone. It was it was one of the most disgusting decks we've seen, and it rightfully won. Best uh, Pal did a great job with this one. This one really uh, turned some heads, to say the least. Um, guys, any thoughts on this? I know we've 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 kind of cracked open all the brokenness of this deck, but I mean, eight Poké Drawlers, no item search. I think that's kind of interesting. Besides the Poké Drawler, of course. I you don't need item search. Exactly. <laughs> I have never felt more helpless in the finals of an event than against this deck. Like, you, you're playing a normal game, you know, Al starts off with a Vaporeon that's way better than any of your attackers, but you're like, okay, I can cope with this. Most of the decks in the event had at least one broken card. You know, I've, I've dealt with plenty of these decks, this is fine. And then, and then he does stuff like, so turn one, he goes Vaporeon. And then turn two, he goes, devolve your benched uh, Quilava into a 40 HP Cyndaquil, and then snipe out the Cyndaquil. And then at the end of the game, you're like, okay, I finally cobbled this game back together. I just need to take a couple more prizes and I'm fine. And then there's this Vibrava just sitting on the bench staring at you. Like, <laughs> I know I have 160 damage just waiting. And uh, it's it's really, it was, it was just a totally, like, defeated experience. Um, I was doing so many silly things to play about around this stupid Vibrava. And it ultimately did not matter because I wasn't <laughs> able to get there in the end. Oh, wow, that was therapeutic. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, had the I, same, I, had the, I had the same problems. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, so there's always something waiting for you to to knock you out. If it's between the Vibrava, the Espeon Devolve, the uh, the Fion to bring something up, you know. And the one of the most disgusting combos was this Damage Bind with Curse Stone. Like, I, I'm with you. I felt so defeated. What's you just like you have Claydol in play? You're trying to draw, and then they're just like, all right, Curse Stone, Damage Bind, you're done, bud. And also, it's gonna get knocked out later. It's like, oh no, <laughs> that's that's so sad. This deck was way too good. I was personally annoyed by the Leaf Guard Leafeon because I was playing Kingdra, and nothing feels worse than having to discard two cards in your deck to do twenty damage. <laughs> it was it, he he got me with that with the uh, with the with the Leaf Guard. <laughs> so nice good. horsey you have there. Yep, it was a uh, it was a very sad matchup to say the least. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, this deck is. I think it's up there with the Gyarados deck, the six Magikarp deck, of like the, the most broken decks we've ever seen. Something that should never be repeated and probably will, like sometime in the future. I hope that's long, long, far away from now. But uh, I, I, I think I was on the finals with you for this, maybe, for commentating, and it was like mm -hmm. it, this is impossible. That this is not happening. Yeah. Does that the Devaporeon is a buzzle that um Vibrava is a Vespiquen? Yeah, that it's not happening, not gonna happen, sorry. It's it's so true in this like the I felt like Vibrava was even scarier than Vespiquen because Al actually had to do nothing at all for the Vibrava. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, the the Vaporeon buzzwell comparison is spot on though. And and really it's like um Man, if, if Buzzwell was guaranteed to be playing against a deck with 40 to 60 HP basics every game. <laughs> yeah, it would essentially just be this card. Yep. Um, but the cube's gone a lot. It's gone through a lot of changes since. And I think it's in a really good place for this weekend. And I'm if if you're if you're here and uh if you aren't playing in it and you want to watch, definitely come check out the stream. Um it it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see what decks come out now that the uh, the broken box is no more. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Um uh, you know, 11 cards out of this deck are, would no longer be legal. Uh, and seven of them are just outright removed, uh, not counting the Pokedrawer pluses, of course. Um, but other than that, there were not a lot of changes made. Um, Flygon EX Delta also came out. Uh, Typhlosion EX came out, which I totally agreed with. And um, just a, a few cards here and there. There were no lines changed there. Uh, you know, overall, it was just a, a line tapper here and there, and uh, a little bit of a rules change, and we now have a cube that I would say is exceptionally balanced. So, um, very excited. Even in the first run, aside from this deck existing, I thought the first run was really well, really nice, really well balanced as well, and um, very excited to see where the cube goes, how champs goes, given that it's seen those balance changes. Yeah, well said. So I think I think that's gonna wrap this segment up. This is all of the cube we've been looking at. Uh, if you saw any cubes that you thought were interesting, let us know in the comments. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna be taking any questions from chat on Champs Cube. Any questions for there is also just wrapping things up and getting ready for Champs. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right. So. If you're in chat and you have any questions you want to uh, shoot us about Champs Cube, about any of the Cube League stuff uh, that we've talked about, uh, let us know. This will be our, our chance to at least help you prepare a little bit uh, if you're playing Champs Cube. If you are if you want to watch Champs Cube, of course, make sure to tune in. I uh, can't say that enough. Um, but while all those questions are coming in, um, Davi, anything going on? What's what's going on in your life? Oh, oh my God. What in do I talk here? <laughs> um yeah about that um doing not great as always uh just brazil <laughs> things mm -hmm. not gonna talk politics here but uh, i guess brazil politics is like just a, a big meme on the internet always always has been some of the crazy stuff that happens here uh not gonna go too deep into that but um yeah living in brazil is crazy you turn on the tv and you go like what again oh come <laughs> on okay um yeah, aside from that, I think the one of the things I, I wanted to talk here, um, I played a game, I think it was January and, or December, uh, called Mori, and like, 
it's one of those games that you, you play and kind of changes your not changes your life like crazily changing your life but like slowly it kind of gets into you and like the way you think the way you look at things the way you like enjoy your the things you enjoy and um yeah that like that was really powerful from like a kind of a small indie game that i watched trailers for in 2014 and i was like oh, okay maybe i'll play this and like i have i have it tattooed i finished the game and i was like sure i'll get a tattoo like right now i, I want this with me forever if I ever forget it, I'm gonna look at myself and go, oh yeah, that, that was pretty good, wasn't it? So What's the name of the game again? Omo Omori. So it's O M O R I. Yeah. I need to check out the game. I think it was on sale on Steam like a few like a month ago. I definitely want to check it out because you talk about it for so much, and yeah. it sounds really good. So mm -hmm. you'll have to you'll have to keep me you'll have to keep me honest about that to remind me to play it because it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. I'll remind you to play it like every month then. Okay. <laughs> Word. Sounds good. Connor, anything with you? Anything new? Um, so I made, uh, I, I think I talked about Pokemon Unite being super fun in the last episode. Yeah. Pretty sure it just come out. Yeah. So it's still super fun. Uh, made it to Master Ball tier. I was very proud of that. And uh, then also made Legend in Hearthstone a couple weeks later. Was very proud of that as well. Um, I don't know. I've uh, I've been doing very poorly in the cubes that I've played lately, so it's really nice to have solace in other things. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I know I've been cubing IRL a lot. I mean, I guess we've been cubing IRL a lot over here. Um, yeah, we uh, we cubed IRL last night as of the recording of this episode. Again, did very poorly. I uh, went one. <laughs> oh. So, but it's what cube fun. did you play? I I want to know that. We did we did my my IRL one. Oh okay okay okay. okay. Cube, which was fun. It was, it was really cool. It's I I love being able to get to back back together with friends and and cube again. Although, um, IRL cube. I know we did an episode on IRL cubing, but like man, it it's just is so different from like a cube building perspective, from a drafting perspective, like from a cube building perspective. Like oh my gosh, I forgot how awful it was to update a cube. Um, especially when you've updated yeah. one so much over like the pandemic. Uh, I had to make a lot of changes. I had to like go back through the cube, sort it, then look at Cube Koga, and then figure out what like lines change, make proxies. Like this is a lot of work when I could just export to a uh, uh, Google Sheets. But alas, it's what we do. And I mean, like it's just one of those things, unnecessary evil. But um, that's been a ton of fun, and I've just been playing a ton of Battlegrounds. I'm like addicted to Battlegrounds now, <laughs> as, as as most people I've talked to are. <laughs> Hearthstone. Cool. Mm -hmm. I know I talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I don't know a month or two back. So play it. It's so much fun, <laughs> especially like cubing. It's free, so you can just download it and and um, have fun. I mean, I like it because yeah. I feel like it has. It's the game that I keep thinking is like luck based, and then I find out how bad I am at it, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> actually, it's I, I'm losing because I'm bad. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> and it's it's I don't know. It's a weird way to explain it, but like I, I found myself finding new ways to to get better. And I think that's all I really need to get hooked on a game is like a, a lot of skill ceiling. So, and it, it does have those high rolling aspects to it. I mean, it is a, a game with variance, of course, but um, there, there's there's a lot of factors that go into it. So if you haven't played it yet, I highly recommend it. It looks like we are getting some questions in chat, so we can take some time to answer those. Um, Bubbles Ryu asks, what's your favorite line to put in a mid power cube? Uh, Connor, as someone with a mid power cube, I'm gonna let you answer that. Right, there is only one true answer to this question, and it's Dusknoir. Dusknoir. Oh, I thought it was Ampharos. 
Okay. best line for mid power. Uh, no, or hands down, no question, it has to be Dustnor. You have amazing cards, you have great options, so many cool things going on, no boring cards whatsoever, just don't put in Sinister Hand and you're golden. <laughs> yeah, Sinister <laughs> Hand would not be uh, mid-power. <laughs> yeah, you know, half of the Dustnors are very high power, so definitely, uh, you know, exercise a degree of restraint there. For sure. But in general... Dusk Noir, I would say Dusk Noir is not only my favorite mid-power line, but it's my favorite line in any cube. I am very strongly predisposed to try to draft Dusk Noir if it exists <laughs> in a cube. If Regigigas is a line, Regigigas level X is a line, I would say that. Because I just love Regigigas level X. Oh my god. If it's not a line, I would say I'm a huge fan of Kingdra. I love, I love, uh, especially in, in mm -hmm. Connor's cube, I'm a huge fan of Spray Splash and the Prime. I just love Spread. Davi, what about you? Mm. What's favorite? Uh, I have two answers here. Uh, one of them is if I go to a cube that I've never looked at, I don't know what the cube is. There's a 50% chance that I get my first pack and I see Emma Reap. So, Ampharos is everywhere. I'm probably putting that ev on everywhere because it, it, that's just how it is. Uh, not because I like it, just it's a reality of the situation. You gotta play Ampharos once in your lifetime to get like down to the ground, know how to how it works, and then you're good to go forever because every cube you ever play will have Ampharos in it. That's not my true answer. My true answer is actually um, Empoleon. Um, Empoleon works really well in like low mid, mid, mid high. I really like uh, the different like things you can do with it. You can play like a spread kind of not ten not tempo like really slow deck with like dual splash 30 30 aqua jet hoping that you get the heads and 70 30 i guess i think 70 20 maybe uh you can go a bit higher on the high power and start playing stuff like attack command and if you go really high you can play total command and uh, recall i think the line is just so cool to play it's also it's not that common because um water has a lot of good stage shoes like i said that the king is there uh, Kingdra and Empoleon are really good, like really cool for, for mid power. I personally really like um, Empoleon level X. Like the things you can do with that card are crazy. I've seen super fast decks that want to put that card in like immediately and try to control. Uh, decks that go super slow and um, Empoleon from Majestic Dawn kind of hit something really fast, really hard, maybe dual splash a little bit. And I don't know, I just really like it. And I'm also a bit predisposed of looking at a Piplup on the first pack and going, oh, okay, I know what I want. Yeah. No, Napoleon's a sick line. I definitely I definitely like seeing Napoleon work in different cubes. Um, I have a few honorable mentions as well. Go for it. Um, okay. So uh, my I have three honorable mentions. Um, and I'm uh, specifically avoiding SP Pokemon because there's another question about SP Pokemon later in the chat, but... Um, Hippowdon, especially with a level X, that line is so cool and extremely underplayed. Love that line. So Hippowdon, put Hippowdon in your cubes. I will be very inclined to play them. Uh, <laughs> Glyscor. Oh, yeah. On the contrary, uh, don't put Glyscor in your cubes because it will probably be broken, but man, is it fun, and I love playing that card. Uh, Glyscor level X specifically, all the other ones are trash, not worth it. Um... Cresselia level X is another card that I absolutely love because it is so splashable, yet so 
neat and so interesting to try and get it to work. Try and get those moon skips off. It's just such an interesting, such a great card. I love it so much. I wish I wish more cards were designed like it. High cost attack with a really strong upside. Nice power. There's just so much going on with Cristalia level X. I love that card. Um, that's why I've got it in my cube. I know Slower Card's got it in his cube. It, it, it's just a great time. So strong recommendation there. Yeah, that carried me hard on the last Champions Cube. Um, I got some crazy moon skips, some getting like a lock up to try to get something locked in the active, and like two of the not shady move Poké Power, but basically shady move, and try to like math your way out to a moon skip and go for two prizes at the same time and kind of turn the game on on its side. Yeah, I really like that card. Yeah, that card's sick. I like that you also take extra prices with it. So, like, if you ever put it ever plays into it, like, you can get, like, a really insane Moonskip turn. Um, yeah, I really like Crystal Yellow Flex as well. Um, mm -hmm. Skier007 wants to know, is, I'm assuming Misty's Wrath, better than Admin? They need to know. Um, Delma, any thoughts? Oh. Wrath over Admin. Um, I have strong thoughts on this, but I will let other people go first before I get into it. Um, okay, I'm going to go first here. Um, Mrs. Wrath has, has never won me a game. Rocket's Admin has won me, like, <laughs> too many games to count. Uh, it's, it's Zen, right? It's Zen. It's Admin. Uh, if you play it right, if you know how to not waste your resources, and you have if you have, like, a decent draft where you don't need to use your Admin early, um, this card just wins you games. Like, why would you? Why wouldn't you play admin? Like, Mrs. Ref is fine. It's it's fast. It's really good. Like, it's just one tier down because admin just wins games. Easy. And I know that Connor doesn't think that. So go. Yeah, I have very tepid thoughts on it. So I, I have nothing really to say. <laughs> Connor, I, you're muted. I think. I will say I think I think admin. I would take admin over Mrs. Wrath. If it was like a pack um, situation, but if my deck was reliant on heavy discard, I would take Wrath over. It, oh, of course. It would depend on my deck situation. But I think if it was like pack one, pick one, I would I would personally take Admin over Wrath, even though I, I do see the value in, in Wrath. I just I really think hand disruption is a very important component of decks. But yeah, <laughs> Connor, if you were with us, uh... strong disagree. I actually think <laughs> that I would always take Wrath over Admin pack one, pick one. Um, I knew all right, coming. <laughs> I also knew this was coming. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, in a more tame sense, Wrath is a disgustingly powerful card, okay? You are not discarding your hand. You, you keep the same hand you have, and you're digging seven cards deeper into your deck, and you get two of them. It's so strong. Misty's Wrath, of course, have a significant downside in discarding the other cards, but if you prepare properly for this, especially pack one, pick one, which is why I said Misty's Wrath always over admin pack one, pick one. If you prepare for this in the sense that you draft plenty of recovery, then there's very little downside to Misty's Wrath. It's just an insane card. Every time I see an opponent play Misty's Wrath, I'm like, oh my gosh, their turn is going to be insane. But every time I see an opponent play admin, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> You know, if I'm getting admin to one, I'm like, eh, it's kind of kind of itchy. But if I see my opponents play admin or play uh, wrath, I'm always just dreading whatever comes next. Um, in the same respect, I will always take admin over, or I will always take um, wrath. Goodness, I don't know why these are so easy to confuse in my head. 
I will always take Wrath over Admin because it makes your deck so much more explosive, so much more threatening. Now, if it's not pack one, pick one, it changes. If you have a lot of very valuable one-ofs, Wrath gets a lot worse. If you have very powerful Pokemon-based draw and other decks in the cube do not, then admin has a lot of value because you can admin players low and draw out of it and your opponent is less likely to be able to do so. Now, if the cube just has lots of Pokemon-based draw in general, then admin is a much weaker card because it's very likely your opponent will be able to draw out of it. So it depends heavily after pack one, pick one on what your deck is and what the cube looks like. But in a vacuum, pack one, pick one, Misty's Wrath, definitely better. In higher power, as the power level gets higher, Misty's Wrath gets even better. So in high power, Misty's Wrath, absolutely nuts. In low power, I'd probably get by without it, and I'd probably take the admin. Um, pack one, pick one, it's hard to justify anything over Wrath, um, except for maybe like Oak or something. Pidgeot from... Uh, yeah, I'd, probably, I'd take Pidgeot over Wrath, sure. I would. But uh, yeah, so um, admin is overrated. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Uh, definitely take Misty's Wrath in more situations than you're currently taking Misty's Wrath, and your decks will be better. That is, that is your, your, your elevator pitch, Misty's Wrath. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, very well said. Um, I want to sit down I, by, by Connor's side on every cube we play so I can get that spicy pack two admin. Yes. Every I mean, time. Well, I mean, if, if I see the Misty's Wrath, but I mean, I, I do still think admin's a very good card. Don't <laughs> No, you, you have to get on the bit. You have to continue the bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so Davi gets to pick two admin. I get to pick one Misty's Wrath. This is the agreement that we've come to. Um, yep. What do uh, I get? It, I mean, my deck with Misty's Wrath. Oh, okay. I think in the Cube League, I can at least name off the top of my head a first, a second, and a top four that all have Misty's Wrath. As soon as you put that card in your deck, you have so much more potential to be explosive. It's just nuts. Okay, counterpoint. Every top eight deck in RSPK Cube has an admin. What do you say about that? I would say that there is no Misty's Wrath in RSPK Cube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got him. <laughs> you don't need to say that, but sure, okay. <laughs> also, aren't there like eight admins or 16 or something in no, that cube? No, 12. Every deck has <laughs> admin. Exposed. I don't like your, 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 your arguments, okay? <laughs> um, Bubbles Ryu wants to know, our uh, favorite SP card, I, I would say. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking. What's the What's the main bird? Star Raptor. Star Raptor F, uh, FB level X. Great card. Broken card. Of Friendship course. over. <laughs> 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 All right, Connor. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh, Star Raptor FB level X is a really cool level X, but it broke my cube, and I I don't like it. Oh, uh, yep. okay. Um, yep. Thanks for that. That was really so good. I, I have I have two favorites um and then an, an almost favorite uh, i my almost favorite is blaziken fb level x i just really like the design um but my two favorites are uh absol g level x and glade 4 level x they are two cards that don't win the game on their own like luxray or garchomp but they can be very aggressive very powerful and they're excellent in certain strategies Glade's power is really nice. I feel like it's exceptionally balanced on a Pokemon that has to be active when it, uh, you know, quote-unquote evolves. Um, all of its attacks are interesting. None of them just get crazy damage on their own, but they all have a lot of great potential. Chop up, you know, 70 damage for two energy just spread out on the board. Aimed Cut, of course, has tons of potential for one-shots with enough spread. Um, just really love that card. 
And then absolutely level X, the power can be devastating if you hit the right cards. Not so fun to be on the receiving end of that, but it is cool. <laughs> um, and with uh, with things like Special Dark, Dark Claw, Dark Eye Level X, all these different dark buffs, Absol G Level X can see a level of damage and aggression that it wasn't able to see when it was legal and standard because those kinds of decks didn't really exist. So, um, strong supporter of Absol G Level X as well. Gavi, please go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absol G Level X. Like, Darkness Send won me so many games. I think once against you, Connor, it milled, like, your rescue stretcher that you needed, like, five turns after. I, I bet you're probably correct, but Last Champs is a blur, and all I really remember it for is my deck being horrendously inconsistent. Oh, yeah. It was Cube League, not, not Champs, I think. Or oh, even Peace, yeah, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I, I played... Yeah, probably. I, I played with Absol G like twice on your cube. It's so fun. I really like that card. My favorite SP card, I don't know if this counts, but screw it, it counts. It's Power Spray. <laughs> How can it not say Power Spray? Like, um, Some people on just my like cube. watching the world burn. <laughs> um, on my cube, uh, we don't have a lot of SPs, my, um, my IRL cube. But I was like, ah, eh, we don't need SPs. Let's just play with this. Like, th that card broke so many decks. It's so fun to, like, your opponent's, like, thinking, looking at their deck, and, like, okay, I'm gonna, like, Ultra Ball for this and, like, Quick Search for this. Nope. Uh, oh, uh, it's, it's so fun. It's like you're playing a one-off magic, a one-off counter spell in your deck, in any deck on my cube. It was so fun. It was so broken. It was not... I don't recommend for anyone to do this. It's not fun. I mean, it's fun. It's not, it's fun not balanced at all. Spray, it, but it is fun yeah. to play Power Spray. Yeah, just, of course. Yeah, It's 50% like... fun of the players <laughs> are having a lot of fun. So uh, I think that's pretty good. Um, if I, if you don't count um, Power Spray, I think I'm just going to go with Absol for the same points that Connor made. The The card has carried me hard on on his cube. So Darkness Logger is really, really good. Don't underestimate uh, so I think this will be the last question we take here before we uh, sign it off here. Um, Bulls, you ask, are there any new trainers uh, in the battle slash block and on that you're interested in putting in your cube? Seeing others, stuff like Zanny's Resolve, Stormy Range, Fashion Mall, Fog Crystal, Lannery, um, Peony, etc. Um, so I've, I've messed around a few of these actually and updating my cube. I think um, that obviously Fog Crystal is a good buffer uh, for Psychic. Peony's kind of weird. Uh, I, I get it mixed up with the other one that lets you switch cards from your prizes. I think the card that lets you switch cards from your prizes is pretty good in cube. I don't think it's on par with Azelf, but like it has utility. The cards I'm mm -hmm. really excited for uh, are in the new, new set. I think Stormy Range is a great buff to Lightning decks as like a yep. Brooklet Hill for, for Lightning decks. And I think it's, it adds, not to mention, you get stuff like the new Mareep as well for uh, if you want some sort of acceleration engine. Uh, other than eels, so but I think the storm range. Also, if you have dragon archetypes like my cube, I have Hydreigon and Raichu um, and a little golem. Like those three decks get so much utility out of just being able to find basics. Uh, so I think that's really cool. I really, I, I don't think Sinia's resolve is as good as Steven's advice, but I do love the fact that it's another good supporter that we're getting. Um, I, I think it's a, a good way to just draw cards and it adds more uh, uniqueness to some of the supporter lines. Um, I, I think it's a good addition to cubes. Fashion Mall, I'm iffy on because uh, it depends on the tool quality and how much, like, I, I see it being more abused with, like, Cessation Crystal, so I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I'll put, I, don't, I wouldn't put Fashion Mall on my cube because I'd worry about, like, 
Right, cessation crystal, fashion model, put cessation crystal back in my hand, use my ability, oh and then cessation crystal. My again. god. I, I, I also I I have Garbotoxin <laughs> in my cube, so like that's also the same story. It's like I I could not do that, but um it it, it is a neat card though. I, I'll give it that. I don't know if I want to put it in my cube. I would not put it in the same cube with cessation crystal. I will I will say that. Um and other new cards that we've gotten, I'm trying to think of other ones that we've gotten. I mean, we've gotten a lot. I will say there are several cards that I'm looking forward to in the new set. And um, like the uh, the trolley that lets you pull back two Pokemon with 90 HP. I think that card is super good, um, especially mm -hmm. in like mid power cubes. But even like if you have like a stage one line with like 90 HP or even like stuff like Delcaddy or Porygon, if they get knocked out, you can pull back the line. Uh, be really excited to see that something like Delta Mutant where you have like multiple lines you can use it with. Uh, the toy catcher that pulls up a I think a Pokemon with I think forty or fifty HP. That's a really cool card. Um, could be really useful pulling up little basics. Um, but it's not like you know inherently broken. Uh, at least I don't think it would be. It might be broken in my my little my little cup cube. But um, I, I think overall that card that card is really interesting. Um, I'm I'm super excited for the uh, the cards that are coming out in the new set that are the the evolving skies. I think those are really cool. Um, uh, Connor, Davi, any other thoughts on upcoming cards that I miss any, any you guys are looking forward to? You brought this up, but rescue trolley is the card. It is like the thing that dreams are made of. Like <laughs> that, that card gives me hope for the future of cubes in, in modern sets. Yeah, um, that's so my, my favorite cards coming out of the newer sets have been, uh, Clara. I really loved playing with that card. I've played in a bunch mm -hmm. of cubes that have that already. Really, really like it. And um, Path to the Peak in uh, a lot of cubes. I mean, you can play Path to the Peak in old and DX cubes even, and yep. it's cool. So, uh, neat card. And, uh, I mean, there, there have been a lot of good, of course, side of the Pokemon sphere, because we don't like to talk about Pokemon that come out now. Um, <laughs> there have been lots of very cool cards that have come out, but interested to hear your take as well, Davi. Uh, yeah, I think Clara is a card that I expect to see in every cube ever that is not like a block cube. That card is so, so, so strong. I first picked that card over a lot of other cards. Um, usually having like a supporter that you can either pop pad or versus seeker or sometimes dowsing machine. Uh, that's such a strong uh, effect if you, you have like, um, I don't know, a Manectric EX deck that wants to use Manectric EX forever, for forever. You can start doing that forever with Clara. Uh, I've been doing that on Highlander Cube. It's so fun. Uh, Clara is super good. One of my favorite cards, like, ever, from just from using it on cubes. Um, I also really, really hyped for Stormy Range for different reasons, because um, when you think about Delta Species, Stormy Range gets some weird cards, like um, Dratini has a Lightning, Beldum has a Lightning, Charmander has a lightning. Some other like weird cards that I'm totally gonna forget um, have some of these uh, weird types on the Delta species sets. So that card I also kind of expect to see in every cube, kind of. I guess the ones without dragons, they uh, the card may get a little strong because um, the lightning deck will get too strong. But in a cube with a lot of different types, I, I expect to see the card in the same way that I see Blue Colotero on every cube ever. So uh, I guess this, those are the two main ones. The, the rest of the cards, you, you, you all talked about it. And I'm surely putting Fashion Mall with Cessation Crystal on my cube. 
Like, I see no problem in that. I'm gonna make some people cry. Uh, RSPKQ? Is that, is that what no, 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 my god, no. <laughs> yeah, <I> please remember. don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably my RLL cube. Not sure about Highlander. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see like how these cards get into different cubes, like what people do with them. Um, yeah, I'm I, I forgot Clara, I can't believe I forgot Clara. I think that card is so great. I mean, you guys already talked about it, but uh, I haven't played Clara in like um, in, in, in various decks already. Like, it's it feels so so good. It's it's the best of rescue stretcher and uh, I guess energy retrieval system. Uh, the card's not that great, but um, <laughs> it, it just it just allows you to like uh, recycle like really efficient attackers um it's just got such a nice um a nice quality to it i really am a fan of it um i guess anything else for the, for the good order and i guess everyone watching so thank you so much for watching uh the cube league has been phenomenal this go around um uh, and i'm ex i'm always taken aback how it continues to grow and we see so much stuff coming through the league each time and i'm really looking forward to this uh swan song the tournament with champs cube uh all the players have worked super hard for it. Um, it's definitely something that I, I I look forward to seeing play out here, uh, gentlemen. Any any final thoughts before we close this one out? I'll let go Connor go ahead. Just uh, very excited for champs. I've been really happy with how the season has gone. People have been really engaged, really involved. It's it's just been a great season. We've played a ton of fantastic cubes. And uh, excited to see the culmination in champs. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm losing sleep over champs either because of anxiety or over <laughs> a lot of things to do. But like, I'm really hyped for it. Also, it's the thing I look forward all year long. And last time it was a blast. I I, I was playing last time. I was I think I was fifth. Uh, this time I'm gonna cast it, so it's gonna be even more cool for me. I love casting games. I love looking at different decks and different players and some crazy plays and, and on the stream. I'm super hyped. I cannot say this enough uh, for for Saturday to play the to play not to play it, but to watch this. It's gonna be the best. Yeah, and just a reminder that it's gonna be at 11:30 a.m. Central Time with the draft pre-recorded, of course. Um, but uh, if, if you have some time to come tune in, come watch and, and enjoy. It's going to be a lot of fun for uh, for the Cube experience. Uh, of course, VODs will be up on the YouTube channel. But um, I think that is going to do it for this episode here. Once again, thank you so much for everyone who's watching and watching live on Twitch. Uh, we love to have you guys. Uh, you've been listening to P-Cube, the one and only Pokemon Cube podcast. Thank you again for us watching, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>